0: This is Safety Walls Podcast. We love earth and earthlings.
1: Mangroves are extremely important to the coastal ecosystem they inhabit. Physically, they serve as a buffer between marine and terrestrial communities and protect shorelines from damaging winds, waves and floods. Welcome back to the another exciting episode of Safety Wolf podcast. Today in this episode, we are going to talk about mangrove forest and their significance. I am Ratna Singh, founder and CEO of Earth Safety Wolf, a young author and environmental activist from India. Today, I'm joined by a very talented and award-winning coastal geographer and geo analyst, Radhika Bhargava, who is originally from India but currently based in Singapore. Thank you so much, Radhika, for joining us in this session and warm welcome to this episode. I'm looking forward to hear from you.
0: Thank you so much, Ratna. I'm really excited to talk all about mangroves with you today.
1: Alright, so ma'am, first of all, I'm excited to know how did you get into this field? I mean, uh, what makes you feel to choose geography as your major subset? Well, oh,
0: that's a that's a good question, especially because um I it was a long route and a long and a winding route I had to take to end up in this uh specific place. So um as a confused twelfth grade student, um, or like even uh bachelor. In early in high school. I thought I like math. Um, I am interested in biology, so why not study both? Uh, but after 12, I chose to stick with biology, and I got a scholarship to study uh, genetics uh, in the U.S. at the University of Cincinnati in Ohio. And I was really interested in human genetics, but it was only with trial and error at various uh, research labs. Uh, that I realized that genetics is something that uh, I'm interested in, but I would not like to pursue further. Uh, so I, again, was another confused undergrad bachelor student. Um, and then I realized that there is something like research in the field of conservation or environmental protection, which is something I was always passionate about, but I didn't know that I could make a career out of it. So then I started, I stuck with biology, but I started to take more environmental sciences classes. So I ended up with two degrees in biology and environmental sciences. But then still geography was nowhere close to where uh, or what I was doing at that time. I got interested in making maps of the places I was studying or the trees or the forest I was studying. I wanted to see where they are, how much quantity they are present in. And that's how I was first introduced to geography. So I did that throughout my undergrad and master's. And then I found this amazing lab that worked with Mangrove, which is based in a geography uh, department at the National University of Singapore. And since then, I've been obsessed with geography. So it was not a direct route, but a long winding route, but I'm glad I ended up here.
1: Yeah, I understand. It's so nice to hear from you that uh, you choose this uh, field and you are doing a lot of things for people and for the society, because uh, sometimes people find difficulties, Uh, I believe that geography or maybe geology or geophysics, these are some of the subjects that usually people find difficult to study, but still you are studying and contributing to this world. This is extremely, extremely wonderful. So um I heard about you that you worked with some um, on some project with NASA as well so what project you worked with them and how did you get into it
0: Oh uh, yeah that's something I had uh, I like just um without giving a thought haven't talked about much uh, but uh, I in my masters I was at University of San Francisco doing environmental management degree uh, so, I was part of the geospatial analysis lab. So, basically what that means is we were using satellite data to study the changes that are taking place on Earth. Uh, and as you can guess, uh, there's a lot of NASA data sets that's available and that's doing that. Uh, so, I my lab was part of this project which was creating a tool for the Mekong country. So, your Thailand, Malaysia, Vietnam, uh, Laos, and Cambodia, for them and the stakeholders in these countries to use a really complicated satellite data set, but in a very simplified way, so that this kind of data set can actually be utilized by conservationists or NGOs or forest departments with a lot of means So they don't have to... What like deal with the data set, they only have to deal with the product of that data set. So I was part of the team who was creating this tool. Um, and specifically working with the mangrove data set. So this was a collaborative project between my university, Google, uh, USAID, and NASA. So that's what that is what the project was about.
1: That's so brilliant. That's so brilliant. And uh, apart from NASA, you're also working with National Geographic as a National Geographic Young Explorer. So what's the progress and status of your project that you're working on?
0: Yeah, so just a minor correction. Uh, I'm a National Geographic 2021 Explorer, not young anymore. <laughs> um, just, yeah, so they, they have young explorers that are under 25. And everyone above that are just a National Geographic Explorer. So just wanted to uh, mention that correction. So I am, uh, so this is a project that I am doing for my PhD. And then I got selected as a National Geographic Explorer uh, to continue this project further with National Geography. So this project is about studying the impacts of coastal erosion on the, mangroves of the Sundarbans and also of the people who live in the Sundarbans. So, coastal erosion uh, is taking place due to global and local stressors, uh, such as maritime transportation, sea level rise, uh, global warming, uh, and then local construction and deforestation of mangroves. So, this is causing a loss of land. Due to the loss of land, mangroves are getting lost and the people are also losing the land that they live on. So I am trying to understand how much of loss is taking place, where is it taking place, how is it changing the mangroves of the Sundarbans, and how is it changing the lives of the people who live in the Sundarbans. So that's the project. I have done all the data collection, data analysis and write-up of this project. Uh, so, for my thesis, all the work is done, but for the national security side of the project, now I have to go back to the community which I worked with and invite all the local stakeholders, like the forest department, other officers, and the local uh, community leaders, to share the data that I have uh, collected or the insights that I have come out of, I have generated from that data set. So, it's an important part of the project because these people are the real judge of the work i have done so i have to go back share the work and be judged on if I, if <laughs> the insights i have generated are actually correct so that part of the project is uh, yet to be completed
1: that's amazing and right now i'm uh, very excited to know about your project a bit in depth and about the mangrove also so uh, we heard a lot about the mangrove extinction and the dying of this habitat. Uh, well, before going into depth on this topic, just have an open question that, that I want to raise here. like what's happening with mangrove and why it is under the threat?
0: So um, mangroves are under threat because of commodity extraction such as aquaculture. So when mangroves are cut down or deforested to con- to make aquaculture ponds, uh, that's or any other to extract any other commodity, that's one of the main reasons uh, we are harming mangroves uh, uh, by. And then other reason is coastal erosion, which is something I talked about a few minutes ago. Other reasons are also extreme weather events like cyclones um, and just basic constructs, like cutting down the forest to construct our uh, urbanized areas. So these are some ways in which we are harming mangroves. Uh, But I would also like, while talking about our uh, direct impact on mangroves, I would also like to highlight a positive story with uh, mangroves. So although mangroves have been threatened throughout the world, and they are still getting degraded and deforested, but with the awareness that scientists and conservationists have generated and with the efforts from the local government the rate of degradation and the rate of deforestation of this ecosystem has reduced. So, for example, if it used to be degraded by X amount uh, in past, right now it's getting degraded by half of that amount or less than that. So, just to give give a a hypothetical comparison of the success of conservation when it comes to mangroves. But yes, the threat still exists and a lot more needs to be done.
1: Yeah, I understand. And here again, I have an open question, like, why do mangroves trees grow around, just around the coast only? And what property makes them good carbon absorber?
0: Both are good questions. So, mangroves only grow around coastal areas, because they are resilient or uh, to salt water. So, rather than, uh, so I used to think that mangroves can only grow around the coastal area but then I realized that mangroves are those trees that can grow away from the coast, they just need both salt and fresh water Uh, but no other I would rather say that no other tree can grow in coastal areas, mangroves have developed those properties that let them survive both in terrestrial and coastal areas so in coastal areas it's very salty, mangroves have figured that out, It can get uh, very turbulent because of incoming tide. Mangroves have developed uh, ways to overcome that. So I would say that mangroves are those like very strong and resilient trees that can take it all, uh, as compared to other trees. And you asked wh- what makes mangroves good carbon uh, sinks. So I would say mangroves are the best carbon uh, sinks uh, when it comes to terrestrial. Or coastal uh, ecosystems. What makes them so good as compared to other ecosystems is uh, the ability to break down carbon and storage. So there's storage in the soil, which is stagnant in the coastal areas, like they grow in swampy areas, right? In swampy areas, there's a lot of collection of soil and all the mangrove trees, when they shed their leaves, that dead leaf matter also goes and settles in that soil. So they are great they have a good storage capacity and because of that storage capacity and a great ability to break down uh, the carbon or absorb carbon from the atmosphere, makes them amazing uh, carbon
1: uh, things. So mangroves are contributing a lot to the environment and in the growing period we know how carbon is harmful for us. So uh, do you think that this species can be hybridized and we can make it grow in any other region in the future, of course, any possibility or maybe any research going on?
0: Um, I think uh, there are uh, questions and curiosity around the question that you asked me about uh, growing mangroves hybridly in coastal areas. I know it is possible to some extent uh, like on a tree level, but I don't know how feasible it is to grow them to grow the whole ecosystem given the current knowledge. So uh, I'm guessing this knowledge is gonna improve and days are gonna come forward. But I wanna ask the rhetorical question to the same thing that why do we need to bring mangroves to terrestrial areas when they are amazing coastal protectors. We need them in coastal areas. Uh, so that they protect the coastline from the oncoming effects of cyclones or flooding which are going to increase in the future so we def- so the first priority needs to be to conserve and protect what we have and then grow their area in coastal areas which is where they are meant to be and then yes if there is a technology or a way available to bring them in, to bring them to a scale setting uh, for their carbon sequestration benefit, I think, would be of great interest. Uh, then we should do that. But then there we need to be very wise about how we will be replacing other ecosystems. Will mangrove replace other ecosystems in terrestrial areas? Then it won't really be a good idea to replace the biodiversity that is local or that exists already and replace it with mangroves just because they're amazing carbon detector, uh, uh, things. So I think from a conservation perspective, uh, we need to preserve and protect what's already there in its local and most natural form and then grow the number uh, in their local setting. So for example, if I were to plant mangroves in Ladakh, for example, by replacing the local vegetation or the local forest, it won't really be ethical, uh, I think. So um, first, conserve what's already there and protect and then increase the numbers in the local uh, neighbourhood is what I think should be the way to go. I hope that makes sense.
1: Yeah, yeah, you're right. And uh, this is actually very important to conserve the mangroves because they are contributing to the planet and to the climate change. So um, as you mentioned that they use, uh, they prefer to grow around the salty water. I mean, uh, what how salty water is beneficial for their growth? And how they are capable of filtration? Right. So um, I,
0: I think mangroves can tolerate salt water because of some of the physiological uh, properties that they have developed, such as um, excreting excess salt through their leaves or creating waxy leaves so that they do not lose a lot of uh, fresh water within them and how they can filter water from their roots is is basically roots is how they use how they do the water filtration uh, mechanism. So if a polluted water if water in a uh, mangrove area is polluted to some local source. Just like any other tree, they take in water to their roots but they then they uh convert the pollutants within the trees and then excrete out uh, or like take away the pollutants away from the main source of the river and just leave the river water cleaner. So it's it's through the roots that they filter out the water.
1: Exactly. So um, I just want to know like what What are are the the most most common common human activities that is responsible for their destruction?
0: So some of the uh, the most common, uh, the most uh, significant one is deforestation of mon- mangroves due to uh, commodities. So for aquaculture, to create aquaculture ponds, to create paddy farms, to create um, urbanized areas. These are the reasons why mangroves are deforested and the reasons for uh. Like great concern of mangroves.
1: I would like to know if you want to talk about any specific species that live in the habitat and getting trouble due to climate change.
0: Oh, so uh, let me just talk. There are many species that are dependent on mangroves and that can only survive in mangrove areas. So if we lose mangroves, there are many species that will be affected. But let me talk about two specific groups. Uh, One of them is the great bengal uh, tiger the royal bengal tiger with a, a, a sub species of the royal bengal tiger only lives in the sundarban mangrove forest in india and bangladesh so basically sundarban is the only place where the subspecies of the royal bengal tiger can live so if we lose mangroves we are going to lose uh, about hundreds of tigers that live in that ecosystem and another one are migratory birds. I'm not naming one specific species of birds, but all the migratory birds which call mangroves their home and route to another place. So, mangroves are a biodiversity hotspot for migratory migratory birds. And if you lose mangroves, these birds are going to lose a stopover house um, and they won't, might not have a good alternative place to survive.
1: Yeah, exactly. So at this point, what action uh, do you expect from the government and for the common people?
0: So I'll start with one thing for from both common people and government. The first thing needs to be awareness and acceptance. Awareness about what mangroves are, what do they do to the local community, what do they do to the global community, why are they important. These things I wish i could go and tell every single person in the world and if not in the world but at least every single person who live near the mangroves i know in bombay mangroves are considered in some areas mangroves are considered as swarms or dumping grounds so uh, forget protecting them it is considered as these are like really uh, bad areas uh, for the city and then they are getting destructed with too increase the visual appeal of the city. So I think the first thing is awareness about the importance of these ecosystems or just mere existence of these ecosystems. And then acceptance that we need to protect them for uh, sustainable uh, cities, for sustainable development of our coastlines and countries. So this is the first thing. And then uh, specifically from the local government, uh, very serious action for the conservation and protection of the mangroves that already exist first and second investment in restoring and protecting and conserving mangroves which are getting degraded or deforested. So two or three very actionable items from the locals and the government.
1: Exactly and I also agree with you that awareness is very important and uh, we learned a lot about mangroves and their functions. Here, we know that uh, we know enough that this is a very crucial habitat and one of the bunch of biodiversity. So, uh, Radhika, at the end of this uh, podcast episode, would you like to add anything to this conversation? I
0: think um, one thing I can add uh, is how uh, different methods or different ways of looking at ecosystems uh, help to study mangroves or other ecosystems that not a lot of people know about. So talking to people who live in that ecosystem or using biophysical measurements to study that ecosystem and then also using satellite to understand the status of the whole area. Uh, I think it's quite uh, important to do a collaborative study of ecosystems from both physical and social perspectives this is more on the side of what I'm doing, but personally, uh, for uh, I would like to add just one small request for everyone who's going to hear this podcast to, I hope you learned a lot about mangroves through our conversation, but I hope you take this conversation and information back to your friends, back to your social circle, back to your classes, and actually let more and more people know about how cool mangroves are and always remember how awesome mangroves are
1: exactly and i believe that mangroves are magical forests where we uh, discover the nature's sacred and of course they are uh, they straddle the connection between land and sea and nature and humans so i also expect from every human being listening to this episode will think about it later and contribute to saving this beautiful habitat Thank you so much, Radhika, for joining us and letting us know all those secrets and information. Huge thanks to all of our listeners. Stay tuned for the next episode. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Ratna. Thank you so much for having me.
1: We love earth and earthlings. Thanks to you for listening us. Stay tuned for the upcoming episodes.